Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. another exciting episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we delve deep into the stories and strategies of individuals who've harnessed the power of public speaking to transform their businesses. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and today we have a true powerhouse joining us in the spotlight. Please give a warm welcome to our distinguished guest, Peter Christian. With over four decades of hands-on executive experience, Peter is not just a trusted advisor, but a veritable champion of growth and success. He's worn many hats throughout his illustrious career and his journey has been nothing short of remarkable. Peter's expertise played a pivotal role in Crayola's astounding 700% growth during his 17 year tenure with the company, but that's just the beginning of his incredible journey. Since leaving Crayola, Peter became the founding partner and president of ESPI, a business consulting firm in Northeastern Pennsylvania. He's lent his wisdom and guidance to a staggering 300 plus companies in business development, profit improvement, operations, IS selection and implementation and project management, ranging from million dollar enterprises to Fortune 100 giants. He has 40 years of experience in strategic and facility planning, CI, lean and supply chain. He's been the driving force behind countless companies and their managers' personal growth while simultaneously helping these businesses reduce costs, boost profitability by millions, and safeguarding thousands of jobs. He's authored the Amazon best-selling books, What About the Vermin Problem? We're going to talk about that. And Influences and Influencers, and is published in a variety of professional magazines, but Peter's also a sought after speaker on the topics of leadership, operational excellence, and so much more. His expertise spans project management, team building, strategic planning, and supply chain dynamics. Today, in this 30 minutes, we're gonna try and tap into Peter's wealth of knowledge and experience. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kelly, glad to be here. Well, I love it. And I, you know, I could start in so many different places, but I'm going to start where we all start. And that's with Crayolas. Tell me, you were at Crayola for 17 years. And the fact that you experienced an astonishing 700% growth during your tenure, and it's attributed to you, a lot to you, we got to talk about it. So tell me, tell me about that and what strategies and leadership principles contributed to that kind of remarkable achievement. Well, we obviously had a great marketing group and a great sales group who uh, certainly provided a lot of impetus mm -hmm. to us. I was kind of the support person who took their ideas or worked with them on developing some ideas in order to provide products to uh, our various clientele uh, that really generated the uh, the growth of the company and, and took us into a, a, a probably a major player in the business community. Uh, so I was one of a number of folks, but I had my hand in a lot of different things as, as we went along. Um, 
And uh, during that time, while we were growing, uh, we were also watching our costs. And I like to talk about how for a three-year period, uh, we didn't take a price increase, which I'm sure helped to generate the, the revenue growth as well. But uh, I think that's fairly unheard of to hear of companies that don't take price increases for three years in a row. That's that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's, um, yes. That's so. fantastic. Well, and I would imagine that that kind of success, a company really has to also have a good leadership and management plan. And, yes. you know, you're pivotal in that arena. What do you <clears throat> think were the key qualities that you believe every successful leader should possess? Uh, certainly um, valuing the people who work for the company. Um, they drive the company. <clears throat> they put uh, the, the things into place and, and make them happen. They provide the customer service, the client service that's necessary. Uh, and they should be recognized and rewarded for that. And I think uh, by and large, we did that. Um, but also we listened to our customer uh, because it was a very interesting challenge when I was at Crayola while we were growing which is while we own the market share in regards to children's art materials, uh, this little phenomenon called the internet came along, uh, kids on computers, kids on video games, and all of a sudden we were vying with a whole new area in order for uh, children's leisure time activities. Uh, and uh, we were able to overcome that. Uh, we didn't get buried because of it, and uh, we continued to grow, but uh, that was a big challenge that we also had to overcome, uh, something you don't always expect, that you're going to get uh, a competitor from a completely different area. And uh, our people, again, were uh, outstanding in, in recognizing that and dealing with it and uh, continuing to fuel the growth of the company. Wow, that makes <clears throat> me think, you know, some of the major changes that have happened over the last few years and that are happening now, you know, COVID hit and it completely changed the global community and yep. access to it. And as well, you've got AI coming up now, which is competition in so many areas. But as you express this, I would imagine when the internet hit, you're right. What a competition for your, uh, for time for your kids these days. And Yep. I still appreciate that box of Corollas and, Crayolas, and it's such a delicious memory for me. That was such a pivotal part of growing up. We we couldn't lose that. I'm glad you were able to hold on. I know. And evolve, which is true. I know. It was great. It was so relatable to people. All you had to do was say Crayola, and uh, boy, you could talk up a storm with people, and it was like they were your best friend uh, because we could all relate to it. It brought back all, all the memories of childhood, and you know, do getting that wonderful box of 24s or uh, heaven forbid you should get the box of 64s. <laughs> now I think it's like uh, 264 or something. They just keep adding to it. But uh, box of 64s was a big deal back then. Oh, every year. That was the Christmas present for sure. Other things, great, but you needed the new box of 64 and the new coloring books. You know, because it's tied to imagination. You yeah. want your kids just... Crayola is the, you know, unlocks the key for that. So that's great. But in mm. the meantime, you've done so many things such since then. So tell me, team building's major for you. I, I yes. in reading through all your materials, that's, 
that's an issue. How do you approach team building and what strategies have you found to be particularly effective in fostering a strong, cohesive team? Uh, I think first is finding good, reliable people, people who really know what they're doing and, and certainly practice that, uh, and then turning them loose. Uh, too many times managers, <clears throat> leaders uh, want to oversee everything. They want to have their hands and their thumbs on everything. And you really don't need to do that if you have a good team under you. If they understand what they need to do uh, and they go and they do it, that's what you're looking for. Uh, I had one group in particular, <clears throat> we met, uh, we had started uh, when I was the operations director uh, for some of the divisions, and uh, I led the meetings for the first couple meetings. Well, after a while, I would go in and the fellow who was in charge of our customer service, he would lead the meetings, which was great because, again, customer first, he would talk about the things that he needed, what was necessary. I didn't have to say a word. Can you imagine a manager going into a meeting and not having to say a word and everything gets done that you could imagine. Uh, I mean, they got it. Those people got it. Okay. And it was just fabulous to see. And I valued every one of them and I, I let them know that. That's fantastic. I love hearing that because the enemy for me is the micromanager. And if I have to be the micromanager, then you're not the right person. Guess right. I don't want to do your job. I just want to do mine. It's right. fabulous. I love hearing that. And as far as operational strategic planning, that's also so key in your, when I was reading through your incredible bio and some of your background, um, can you share a framework, a framework approach that businesses can implement to kind of enhance their strategic planning efforts? First of all, you need to make sure that everybody in the company knows what's going on, okay, and they're on the same page. Uh, I was dealing with one company that wanted to do strategic planning, operational strategic planning. Um, the first thing I did is I went through all of the sales and marketing folks to find out what they had in mind. I went through the various operational groups, and I found like this plethora of projects that were going on that most people in the company, other than the group that was working on it, didn't know about. And in a lot of cases, they were at odds with each other. So the first thing I did is I laid them all out and people were just like stunned to see that these things were going on in their own company and they didn't know about it, probably with people that were sitting 15, 20 feet away from them. So you got to get that out in the open. You've got to, you know, basically shed light on everything and people have to understand what it is. And then you pick the things that are really important uh, and also the ones that aren't going to conflict with the other ones that are important because you have that. And then you have to prioritize. Once you've got that figured out, you can't do everything at once. So you pick maybe the top three or five, maybe 10 at the most, but probably three to five, and you work your butt off on them. And then once you've got them going, then you go to the next and so forth. And you'll also find out the things that were on the list maybe aren't relevant anymore. You don't need to do them. So you put them aside and you find other things and, and, and you do that. So it, it's really about communication, uh, transparency, and uh, letting people know what's important and, and then working on it. And again, going back to Crayola, that's what we did. Uh, we, we set the priorities and then we worked diligently at it. 700% growth, you can't sneeze at that. No, I don't think a lot of people have that record. That's, no. that's incredible. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And 
And along with communication, with good communication <clears throat> comes all of the company members investing in their own product because they know about it, then they can talk about it to their customers. I'm usually on the marketing side of things. And so it's so critical. I, I just couldn't agree with you more. It's fantastic. And, um, and also outside of strategic planning with a lot of companies, when I would go to work on a project and they'd say, we want you to work on this. My question would be, where does that fit in your strategic plan? And I got that blank look, which meant, uh-oh, <laughs> Uh, either they didn't have one or they hadn't thought about it. Well, they needed to think about that because you could, again, be working on the wrong thing and, and doing something that might actually cause more harm than good to the company. So they really needed to think about where they were headed as an organization and what they really wanted me to do and what they wanted to do in, in order to, to move ahead in, in regards to that. So you've really got to tie together where you're headed as an organization with what you're going to do to get there then. Phenomenal, phenomenal information. Um, I, because I just hate it sometimes this show is only 30 minutes because I can't <laughs> let you out of here without talking about the book. You wrote a book <laughs> called What About the Vermin Problem? Yes. And I looked it up on, on Amazon and you know it's got four out of five stars. That's really impressive. And especially after, how long ago did you write that book? Uh, I guess it's about three or four years now. Still roughly. there. I love that. So yep. tell me about that title and where it came from. And tell us what the book's about. Okay. Let's start with the title. We were looking for a catchy title. Yeah, and it certainly is. A lot of people will say, is it about extermination? And I said, well, it could be. Depends. Um, but anyway, uh, it was one of the stories that was in there. It's actually based on 12 stories that I, I took from my experiences uh, uh, on different things that companies did do or didn't do that uh, either helped them or didn't help them, as the case may be. Uh, and this was one uh, where we were working with a, a firm. Uh, we were looking at doing an expansion to their current facility, either expanding it or looking at a new facility that was larger, whatever the case may be. Uh, and myself and the fellow I was working with on it, uh, while we weren't getting the best of information from them, they would change their minds every other day and stuff. We finally put our foot down. We kind of put the stakes in the ground and, and, and came up with a plan. Uh, and it was to do an expansion of the existing facility. And as we're presenting it to the ownership, uh, they said to us, well, what about the vermin problem? Well, that there's a showstopper right there. And we said, excuse us. And they said, well, you know, we're in an old mill. And we did know that it, it was an old grain mill, but that was like 100 years ago. And they said, and we still have vermin in the mill. And we're sitting there going, did you ever hear of exterminators and traps and things like that? But anyway, what we had done was we had kind of moved things around and where the production is, we were going to put it where the warehousing was and move the warehousing where the production was. And they said, well, the vermin hang out in the warehouse. Well, that's not a good thing because they're getting in on all your goods and, and so forth. Uh, and you're going to put them where the production is. Well, we weren't putting anybody anywhere because we didn't even know about the vermin. Uh, and they said, well, we can't have that. And we're thinking, well, you don't want to have vermin, period, in your facility, no less in your warehouse or your production or whatever the case may be. Well, it was a real showstopper. And the, the moral to that story was, well, first of all, they didn't do anything. 
okay, for probably about three or five years then. But if you're going to have people helping you, then you better darn well give them the information that they need in order to help you. Because if, if you don't have all the right information, it's kind of like going back to, like I said, with the strategic plan, you lay everything out on the table and then you figure out where you're going to go from there. Well, the same thing is true with uh, something like that. Uh, and, and it was just mind blowing. So it was about communication. That part was about communication and how you need to communicate and communicate well with people and tell them everything. Don't hold anything back, especially something like that. That's fairly important. Uh, and then there are a sequence of other stories in there, 11 others, uh, all from experiences I had that said someday this will make a great book, and I think it has, um, about commitment and about doing what you say you're going to do and not trying to to pretend that you are the most uh, knowledgeable person and trying to impress the consultant, uh, you know, with how smart you are. We know you're smart. You're running a business. You know, you've gotten to a certain point, but you also have a problem and you need help with it. Otherwise, you wouldn't call somebody like myself in. You're not paying me to come and tell me how wonderful you are. Let's put it that way. If you are, that's kind of a waste of time and money. Uh, so the book is really about the choices that people and companies make and, and kind of highlighting the, to people. And it's amazing how many people have read the book who get back to me and said, you know, I've gone through that before or I know somebody like that. I wish I had seen this thing 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you know, because I could have really used it back then. Well, you can still use it to this day. Uh, so my hope is that as people who are, and I'm struggling with some of the same things I struggled with or getting into some of the things that I got into, read this and go, wow, okay, I really need to do a gut check here on, on what's going on. Or I'm headed in the right direction. I'm making a good move and I just need to continue to do what I'm, I'm doing. So that's what it's all about. And uh, I think it's a pretty catchy title. So got it's your attention anyway. <laughs> I think it's a great title. And now that you've really shared kind of the conceptual um plan behind all of this now i absolutely have to read this book it 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 sounds like a, a, something every company needs actually yes. it really i think does. we all do yep it reinforces okay it reinforces you're not alone we all go through it here's how to deal with, here's ways to deal with it that'll help to be helpful so business growth and profitability is another area of expertise for you. And I really want you to touch on that subject as well, because it's so important. And there's facility planning and layout. I mean, you even have something called activity-based costing management. Yes. Uh, share that. <laughs> Give us a tidbit on that. Okay. Not my favorite area. Okay. That's more to the financial. Okay. Uh, and activity-based costing, I've worked with it. I understand it. Uh, I don't think it's the end-all, do-all when it comes to financial systems because while the proponents of it will say, you know, it's the greatest thing because it gets into the nitty-gritty and you're putting all the costs where they need to be, well, costs move, okay? Uh, and as they move, you've got to keep changing the system with the movement of the costs, you know, if I'm doing something today and I'm working on 10 different things, well, tomorrow I could be working on 10 different things. Well, the 10 that I originally had that you were apportioning my cost to are invalid anymore because I'm not working on them. 
or I may not be working in the same percentage. So now you've got to adjust. So there are people, uh, there are uh, groups and organizations that do nothing that, but just keep changing. And, and you know, with any organization, you can't keep up with it after a period of time. So at some point, again, you have to put stakes in the ground, live with it for a period of time. But if you're changing day after day after day after day, uh, it gets confusing. And you, you start to wonder where the heck you are after a period of time. So I understand it. I worked with it. I've helped to implement it. But I'm not the biggest advocate of activity-based costing because, like I said, the proponents tell you that it, it's, you know, it, it really nails stuff down and it really puts it there. Well, it doesn't because things move. And also, you're dealing with a lot of estimates when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, so Not quite as definable as it appears to be on yeah. the Nope. Well, I, I'm glad that you shared that. I know that there are some people out there listening that have companies that may be now willing to consider a different type of model or not putting so much focus on that. Right. I want to jump over to a subject that I know brought you to us from the start, why you would be such a perfect candidate to bring on to this show to share with our people. Um, right. You are now a, you know, a very accomplished speaker. And I'd love to know how that has impacted your career and your business endeavors and really how speaking directly translates into business growth or opportunities for people. How has it been for you? What has it done for you? Well, as you mentioned, I've dealt with 300 plus companies, but even that has limitations to it. When you start to speak on shows such as your own, you get to actually talk to a heck of a lot more people than you do when you're working with a company, because when you're working with a company, you're kind of captive to the people that are in there, whether it's 10 or 20 or even 100 people. You know, now I, I can reach thousands of people um, through uh, through what I'm doing, and, and I'm doing more and more of that with podcasts um, because other people have found that uh, I have a lot to tell and uh, they think that I'm pretty interesting. Hopefully your audience does. Uh, and I'm trying to share my experiences with people. You, you say, well, what is it doing for me? It's me giving back to the business community. The business community has been very, very good to me. I've worked with a number of companies, most of them very, very good, uh, very successful, made a lot of good contacts, friendships, business associations with them. I've uh, been pretty successful at uh, helping them along. Uh, but if I can help more people, uh, students who are just coming out into the working world and finding their way, uh, if I can, can give them some advice that will help, if I can help people that are struggling, like I said, with some of the stories that I tell and they go, yeah, I'm dealing with that right now. And I wasn't sure which way to go. Uh, or, you know, boy, I'm glad that you told me about that because I can look out for it now and, and not make some of the uh, mistakes that some of the people you're talking about have made. And by the way, I, I try not to name names, okay, because I don't think that's important. Um, you know, that tell all about so-and-so did this and such and such a company, that's irrelevant. The fact that they did it is what's important. That's what people should focus on, not who the person was and, you know, chastise them or anything. We all make mistakes and, and so forth. And they weren't bad people by and large, they were trying to do their best, that they were just struggling. 
so I think uh, getting the word out to a lot more folks and being able to help them. And then people get in touch with me and they say, you know, I would like to talk about this problem a little bit more or that problem or, you know, delve a little bit more into what you were talking about because it's only 30 minutes, you know, and I've got a lot more time I need to spend on this. So uh, that's really what I'm, I'm up to right now. And I continue to do it through my writing as well. So if people want to read stuff, get interested. If they want to hear stuff, get interested. If they want to do both and put them together, so much the better. Uh, a lot of information to share and uh, trying to get it out there to folks. Well, and public speaking, it is the best, is the strongest yes. visibility opportunity that you have out there. I'm sure you advise some of your businesses, you need to get out there and get more visible and get more people seeing you and by them getting to hear you speak, they get a chance to know, like, and trust you before they book that consulting call with you. So they get Absolutely. to hear what your mindset is and if they'd like to work with you. Yep, there's a lot of consultants out there. Uh, you've got a plethora of them, okay? And not all of them are good, all right? I'm going to be honest with you. I know some people who don't make it in a particular area of business, they say, oh, well, I'll just go into consulting. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> so you really have to know who you're getting yourself involved with and, and who you want to partner with and who you want to take advice from, because there's some bad advice out there, too. And you got to be very, very careful about it. Um, but at some point, you got to trust somebody, too. And that's what I tried to be. You know, you mentioned trusted advisor. That's what I've tried to be to the people that I've worked with as a trusted advisor. So when I take a, a function with them, uh, I, I wouldn't say I pretend, but I act as though I am part of the company because their success is my success. Their failure is my failure because I didn't do something right. OK, uh, and I take that very personally. Uh, so I want to see them succeed. That's the reason they're paying me. That's the reason they're spending their time. I'm spending my time. And if that doesn't happen, I'm not ha I'm not a happy person. I wasn't a happy person when I had to do that, you know, working with an organization. I certainly don't want to do that when I'm working for and within a, an, an organization as well. I want to see them succeed. That is a perfect place for us to be able to close this interview um, and, and focusing on the quality, the value of trust. So I could not agree with you more, Peter, and I so appreciate you bringing that to the final part of this conversation. Trust is so important these days. Yes. It, it seems to run thin often and without it, nothing works. Nope. So that brings us to the end of truly it, it's an enlightening conversation with our guest, Peter Christian, but I feel like I've just touched the surface. There needs to be more. We will be putting the link down to get in touch with Peter, uh, because I think many of you that uh, have had a chance to listen to this today are going to want to have another conversation with him. I, I think he's would be an incredible consultant to bring into your company. And Peter, I, I want to thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge and your experience because your, your insights into business growth and leadership and the impact of public speaking has been really valuable. And I'm sure our listeners have gained a wealth of wisdom just from this short conversation already. And to our listeners, I want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. Your continued support is what makes this podcast possible. 
you know, stay tuned for more inspiring stories and strategies in the world of public speaking and business growth. As we continue, we're going to spotlight individuals who are making waves in their industry, who are bringing about positive change. And if you know someone, a colleague, a partner, perhaps your boss, or someone who's exceptional at what they do or how they do it, and public speaking's made a difference for them, send them over to me at podcasthost at speakertunity.com. We're always looking for those who will bring their wisdom, knowledge, and experience to us and to you. In the meantime, everybody, remember your voice is your greatest asset. Use it wisely and let it lead you to new heights. And I look forward to our next conversation. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara, signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight.